This is the Screaming Pods Network on ScreamingPods.com. Hey everybody, welcome to Pilot Project. Uh, this is the show where we travel the highways and the byways of busted-ass American towns to teach Americans about failed, weird, or unsuccessful TV shows. And this week we're taking on Shazam from 1974 to celebrate the release of the uh, upcoming Shazam movie starring Zachary Levi. In fairness, it doesn't have to be just Americans. Anybody can listen from any country. That's true, but we're teaching specific Americans because we care only about U.S. Americans, people who have maps. Oh, uh, fair enough. Um... That man that was just talking there rudely, so he rudely interrupted me. He is the Zan to my Jaina, and we are the uh, Wonder Twins, and when we activate our powers, we only turn into subpar podcasters. That's uh, Dirty Dirty <laughs> Dustin over there. We sometimes, yeah, make recording noises, and that's about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. It's all you're good for. And uh, a man joining us, uh, joined us early on for the episode Tag Team. I don't remember what episode number that was, but it doesn't matter. Um, he's our old pal Nate, and he's our personal mentor, and he follows us uh, both around in an RV at all times, wearing a belted safari jacket. Uh, he is Nate from Radio Diabolus, Cult of Personality. Hello. Hey, welcome back to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, it is a pleasure, as always. Any opportunity to take you, we'll take it. I'll, I'll only be nice now until we get to the show that you made me watch. <laughs> that's that's fair. Um <laughs> So this is this is Shazam. You might also know the character as Captain Marvel, uh, but not the Brie Larson Captain Marvel that just uh, got its own movie. So this is um, back in the day. There there was a comic publishing company called Fawcett Comics, and they published an analog to Superman, and they called him Captain Marvel. Um, DC ended up suing Fawcett Comics basically and shutting them down for a while, shutting the character down for a while. Eventually, DC ended up owning the character. Um, he continued to be called Captain Marvel from the 70s onward up until, I think it was like uh, probably 10 years ago. They changed his name to Shazam. So he doesn't, not confused with Marvel Comics, uh, Captain Marvel. Which makes sense. In this show, it's called Shazam. And it's interesting because one of the primary characters in the show, or in the comic, is the wizard Shazam. Shazam but they have no mention of Shazam in the show. They only attribute it to the names of the gods. Um, that they reference, but uh, so that's a little bit of background on this on this show. It was a live action show in September, starting September of nineteen seventy four. It ran for three seasons, which I'm really surprised by. That's amazing. Yeah, true. Only only twenty eight episodes, and it is one of the cheapest shows I think I have ever seen put to film. About eighteen, <laughs> about eighteen bucks, I think. Yeah, yeah. That, I think that's that's a liberal estimate of what it costs to film and, this thing. Well, that's 1970s money, too. <laughs> yeah, that's well, true. You know, they claimed a 50 k per episode budget, which is part of really? the fun facts, I believe. But Jesus Christ. Yeah, what, where did the 50 k go? I don't know. <laughs> was it to the one-time purchase of the Winnebago? Uh, yeah, well, I bet, it, you know, you could probably, that probably cost you, what, uh, $80,000 back then? Um, oh, I doubt the, it. In 70s? I, think, I, I would say it's way less, but still, you know, 70 k per episode. Men- mentor needed a lot of cocaine. <laughs> I was to say, it was probably spent a lot of blow for him and Billy Batson. Well, I, well, in fairness, Mentor was the only one that had any kind of career before this or after this, so he's probably the true. one they had to drug up to actually be a part of this thing. <laughs> I, I do have a quick question first. Have you, have you guys seen the new Captain Marvel movie? No, not yet. No. No. Well, okay. the Captain Marvel movie, we're, talking, we're not oh, talking about the Shazam, the Bre- right? <laughs> yeah, the Brie Larson one. Yes. yes. Yeah, 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 we saw that. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was wondering, um, in that movie, when she turns into Captain Marvel, is she also like a young Pakistani boy before she changes? <laughs> Unfortunately, no. <laughs> She's always Brie Larson. Oddly enough, Marvel Comics got it right and got it got it done a little bit better than they did in the DC side. Or, or whatever the uh, fraudulent uh, comic book was that created Shazam originally. <laughs> fraudulent. Fawcett <Fossil> Comics. <laughs> not, not a real comic book. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely a third-rate comic company. <laughs> uh, so this was written by Lynn Jansen, uh, who was also a writer for uh, Hanna-Barbera and Filmation. And Filmation is the main production company behind this. And you probably know Filmation because they also did He-Man. Yeah. And the uh, new adventures of He-Man and She-Ra. So they are known for their cheap animation and their cheap budgets. Definitely 
Uh, went even cheaper, I think, during this thing. Well, um, it, he's a cheap writer because he also wrote some episodes of Baywatch Nights. So that's true. I mean, how good of a writer is this guy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, it was also written by Chuck Minville, who did some Batman the Animated Series stuff, some Land of the Lost. Land of the Lost, I can believe. I can't believe anybody that wrote this piece of crap also wrote for one of the greatest cartoons of all time, Batman the Animated Series. Right. Um, he also wrote for the real Ghostbusters, the Smurfs, Star- and Star Trek the Animated Series, as well as Tiny Toon Adventures. I think Star Trek might have been a filmation project as well, because it was extremely cheap also. Right. Uh, that also is uh, maybe one we should tackle, because it was a... Tremendous piece of crap as well. Did, did they also have just cartoon characters that did not move and just their mouse moved? <laughs> they definitely minimized the movement in, in the Star Trek thing, but it was fully animated, so they did have to oh, move okay. somewhat. Uh, they had to have some articulation points other than just eyebrows and mouths. <laughs> that's, that's pretty high-end for filmation for what I see in this. Yeah. I'm, st- I'm still amazed that it took two people to write this. <laughs> no, I agree. I can't believe I mean, yeah, the fact that it took, it took more than one person to, to type out this piece of crap... This is a script that anybody could have busted out within probably 30 minutes. Oh, yeah. It's, it's amazing. Like, there's way too much brain power put into this thing for, for what was put on the film. But at least she had a lot of action. Oh, oh it, an amazing action <laughs> at that. The stunt work. The stunt work alone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They had a uh, really Cap- high cost for insurance on the show with all the stunt <laughs> activity going on. Yeah. So we always like to find interesting reviews or um, capsules of... The shows that we're reviewing, and this time, this comes from IMDb, it's from October of 2002, it's from Poseidon316, himself a god. Um, his headline says, S is for sweet, H is for hunk, A is for and, Z is for zany, H is for aged, M is for man, which spells Shazam, when you put that all together. He put way too, he, he already put way too much work into that, and it still has more brain power than the uh, actual thing that got put That was more creative writing Shazam. than the entire series had. <laughs> I want to find who wrote that and kick him in the ball. <laughs> <laughs> so this thing is really long, so I will try to be as succinct as possible. But uh, Shazam, with the desperately bleated out word, young Billy Batson turns from a 25-year-old teenager to a bland 30-something guy in a red bodysuit who saves horses' lives and puts out school fires. Pretty youngish gray. This guy's really focused on appearance, by the way. <laughs> Pretty youngish gray, who owns one shirt, travels the globe in a Winnebago with his mentor, uh, the guy, a guy who has the worst come over in the history of TV. While Tremaine dispenses sage advice with his uh, formerly velvet announcer voice, Gray learns lessons each week from an animated, usually one picture in which the only lips move, array of elders. These elders spout platitudes on how things should be, and then, miraculously, Gray and Tremaine stumble across an example in which they can put their newfound knowledge to work. On cue, a danger comes about which is beyond uh, Batson's ability to solve. This invariably means that Gray will have to call out Shazam, an acronym of the elders' names, and Captain Marvel will appear in his place. Marvel is played by two men, neither of whom were able to get work anywhere after the show, though the second one did do a large amount of TV guest roles. While they are handsome, they are hopelessly average in build and strength. The costume just sort of clings here and there rather than being stretched across rippled muscles. The producers may have well gotten the guy who played Dennis the Menace's dad to do the part. Very specific. The poor guys are further humiliated by eternally cruddy flying effects in which the men lie in a board while a fan blows on them in stock footage of skies projected behind them. More hilarious is watching Tremaine almost keep his hands off Gray. He paws on the kid at every opportunity, telling him what to do, and his this-just-in vocal style as a campy homoerotic flavor to their scenes. Still, the show is irresistible, and watching it brings back a lot of memories. The overbearing music is like a brainwashing device. Once one hears it, again, it sticks in the mind and can't be excised. A flood of childhood memories involving jumping off a rock and landing face down in the dirt reappears. A delightful <laughs> companion piece to its spin-off, Isis. So Isis is, uh, is yeah, it was a spinoff of the show. I think in season two or three, they, they created this Isis show as a companion piece. So yeah. this show runs about 21 minutes, 21 and a half minutes, and Isis, so they ended up having the Shazam Isis hour. Yep. Um, and she, too, was, I don't remember much about the character, but I think she was somewhat God-powered as well or something like that. Um, I'm hoping we can do, maybe we'll bring Nate back to do Isis, because... Uh, yeah, supposedly uh, that, it's actually be better. Be oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All I can say is I am so glad this was only 21 minutes. Uh, yeah, for sure, because it feels like it's 42, for sure. Yeah. Um, I will note that if you want to watch this, if you haven't seen it yet, you can go to Daily Motion and find it. Or you can, if you have the um, DC Unlimited subscription plan, um, you can watch it there as well. Which I with I wish I had known before I paid $25 for the complete DVD set of Shazam, <laughs> that it was on the Holy DVD shit. Unlimited. <laughs> So that was a waste of money. I now have the entire just Shazam, not even with ISIS. I paid twenty five bucks for that. Well, so now you got to pay another want... twenty five for ISIS. Well, if you guys want to do another twenty seven episodes, 
we can cover all three seasons. <laughs> oh, God. You know we do. Yeah, you know we do. The Shazam cast. So the cast is a bunch of spares. Uh, Michael Gray, who played Billy Batson, he is the uh, young Pakistani boy who kind of looks like a micro John Travolta. He's yes. got that John Travolta Saturday Night Fever hair. He's kind of a welcome back Cotter John Travolta. Well, yeah, yeah, he's a he's a sweat hog for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Les Tremaine, who was a radio star and film star uh, in the 30s and 40s, he plays Mentor, who was given no other name other than Mentor. We have Jackson Bostwick, who plays Captain Marvel. We have Carrie McLean, who plays Chuck. And that's they give. The, there's also Barry Miller, Ty Henderson, and Lee Joe Casey. The thing, the problem here is that none of the other actors are named as characters within the episode other yeah. than Chuck. Chuck is the only one that is given the agency of having an actual name. Right. Chuck is the long-haired boy that looks like John Denver, correct? Yes. Correct. <laughs> he's, okay. he's the tiny John Denver. <laughs> now, exactly. I, I know the kid is 14, but yeah. God, he, already, he, he's, he looks like a pedophile. <laughs> and he's only 14. It's really weird. <laughs> That's a weird combo of things, yes. He was under the tutelage of a uh, mentor, I think was his his pedophile mentor. Yeah. Um mentor mentor taught him how to do two things, drive an RV and French kiss. <laughs> Very tenderly as well. You know, he was a tender pedophile. Um we should also note that uh, this features the voice of Lou Scheimer who was uh, big on I think he was he was part of uh, He-Man as well, did some He-Man voices. Um Norm Prescott who I was not familiar with and then Adam West was actually a voice on the show as well. Was it one of the gods? I guess. I don't know. I couldn't find what role he played. I have no idea, and I didn't bother to look at the credits and find sure, out. So. Yeah. Well, you did rewatch it today, so I figured maybe you would have taken the time. And both times, I did not finish the credits. I just got to the end of it and, and uh, <laughs> almost through the remote through the screen. <laughs> That's fair. This whole thing is basically like... It's like the end of... You know, every G.I. Joe episode would have the last minute would be like a little playlet to teach you a moral lesson. Well, that's the whole goal of every one of these Shazam episodes is... There's some moral lesson that they're trying to set up and that the gods basically talk to Billy and tell him, you're going to confront a situation at some point in your life, which just happens to be today in every episode, and you're going to have to help them make the right moral choice, essentially. Right. And when he meets the gods in every episode, it is um, it's Solomon, Hercules, Achilles, uh, who was M. I forgot the other gods. <laughs> it doesn't really matter. There's other gods. They're all like Greek yeah. heroes, essentially. But he's given his powers um, by these gods. They don't really even say that during the show, I think. Um, yeah, I was very surprised that I was expecting an origin story this first episode. Yeah, and there was nothing. They just dump you right into the, these two weird dudes riding around in an RV. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, um, we oh. did get the origin story that uh, Billy did work for a radio station that apparently That's is true. never referenced again. In the entire series, yeah, that's that's a big player in the comics. Is he was a in the when he originally started out, he was a radio announcer as a kid, um, doing the news. So that's a that's a nod to that. So the elders are Solomon, Hercules, Atlas, Zeus, Achilles, and Mercury. So he gets his powers from those elders, um, and then in the comics, he's given these powers by the wizard Shazam, who was one of the elder gods. And the actual elders to which they reference are not actual characters within the show, but they decided to take a still frame of the gods and animate their mouths only, and have uh, live-action Billy Batson stare at this photograph while they're talking to him. You said they spent 70000 an episode, but it looks like most of that was probably spent on cocaine, because there is no... This is a no-frills production, by any stretch. No, nothing. Like, the... the I, I, I'm assuming the, the, the money had to have been all spent, not to jump ahead, uh, but later in the show, with some of the overhead uh, car-driving scenes... I'm assuming renting a helicopter in the 70s to film these was expensive. Yeah, and they had to attach a camera to the crane for the claw ma- the claw machine to pick yeah, up the uh, yep. van that they're about to crush oh, the kids yeah, in. Yeah. So there, I guess there was a little bit of money put into it. Just I don't know. It's just so cheap in comparison. You know what it reminded me of? And this is a really obscure reference that I know Marcus will get, but I'm not sure everybody would that's listening. It's about the production quality of Magic Christmas Tree. <laughs> that movie. Um, yes. If you haven't seen that movie, go look for footage of it for on YouTube or something. It's about that quality, and it's really terrible, like crappy seventies cameras and, uh, like you said, I don't know where they spent the money. Maybe it, maybe it was the helicopter fees or something, and the pilot and the time spent for him flying. But there's not much else they could have been spending this on. It definitely was not no, on the writing no. staff. Maybe it so. was on the the kids' gang jackets. <laughs> yeah. So what what was that? Were they okay? That's what I couldn't figure out. Were they a gang or were they 
on the same sports ball team because those jackets are not very intimidating red white and blue gang jackets no they're they're either like like super pro america or pro puerto rico or possibly pro texas they are all red white and blue <laughs> all of them maybe, maybe they're honoring all, all three of those yeah there you go maybe america texas and puerto rico they're a very unique gang so they, we this oh go ahead I was going to say, the gang's comprised of, um, so we have Tiny John Denver, Chuck, who is the, uh, the sort of protagonist of the show. He's like, he's the one that's trying to, he has the moral dilemma. And then we've got, um, we got Fake Horshack, who is the antagonist by far, because he tries to kill uh, young John Denver. And then we have we have Bucket Hat, a little over the top, the isn't it, for the episode? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he does, and he has no remorse about trying. No, to No, he does not. Uh, <laughs> John Denver Jr. We have Bucket Hat, and then we have Freddie Mercury Jr. That's about right. Yep. Yeah, and, and, and then none of them are ever named aside from Chuck in the show, so we will have to refer to them as Horshack, Bucket Hat, and Freddie Mercury Jr. from here on out. <laughs> Who's um, Rich and Kyle? Are they not the kids? Well, they are. But that's what I'm saying. They they are in the credits. They were given names. We don't. But within the uh, context of the show, I don't know who is who. I'm with you. In the, yeah. In the show, I just know they're never named. Well. Yeah. They 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 shout out Chuck's name several times, but <laughs> other than that, I don't think they name anybody else other than Captain Marvel and so Mentor. Have, have we really touched the basic premise of what this episode's about? I know we've kind of like hit around and what's going on, <laughs> but the, like the basic premise of the fact that it's a group of teenagers that want to steal a car. And a right. guy and Chuck basically has the moral dilemma of should I or should I not steal the car? They keep Chuck calling him is chicken. The pussy of the gang. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Chuck is the pussy with the moral dilemma. And they keep calling him chicken and all this other stuff. And he he doesn't want to go along with this particular plot. Yes. And that's basically the basic premise of this. It also turns into later uh, a bike theft, and it's supposed to be, I guess, God. relatable to the fact that he yeah. wouldn't want his bike stolen, so they shouldn't kill why, his car. Like, so, I don't know. Why was the Why was the rest of the game like? Why was Chuck such a pussy for wanting to lock his bike up? <laughs> I know. <laughs> if they had just stolen else, somebody else's vehicle, <laughs> now you're okay with Chuck's vehicle being stolen, right? Yeah. It doesn't make much sense, no. And then when his bike is stolen, and he's ups- understandably upset about it. Those kids do not give. There's not one fuck given amongst those other kids. Yeah, yeah. Horshack's like, yeah, fuck your bike. Let's go. Let's go (laughs) steal a car. Shit. Let's go steal another one. Uh, Yeah, and I. It's it's interesting too because on one hand I feel bad for Chuck. On the other hand, I think Chuck is a shithead and deserves everything he has coming to him. (laughs) Yes. Because he's the one he's associating with these dumbasses. Yep. Um. He knows what they're getting into. He's also extremely stupid. Like he's extremely lacking in intelligence because when they they all bike their way to the malt shop and they're they decide to leave their bikes at the malt shop and Horshack says, Hey, let's go steal a car at which point Chuck protests and says we sh- I don't know that we should be doing that. Then they call him chicken and so they chicken him into uh going with them to steal his car. Yep. So who knows how long? They know where they're going. Everybody knows where they're going. They're going to steal a car. They all walk to their target site of where Horshack is going to steal his car. Chuck watches him cross the street, watches him get into the car, watches him start it, back it up, at which point uh, uh, Bucket Hat and Freddie Mercury Jr. both jump into the car. And then Chuck says, did you just steal a car? Why are you stealing a car? Yeah. After we just had the previous conflict saying of ad- identifying, yeah. we're going to go steal a car. Yeah, Chuck's so, not very sharp, no. No, he's not. He is a, a, an extremely blunt tool. <laughs> uh, he, he does not have the, the wisdom of Solomon that uh, Captain Marvel has, that's for sure. Um, he's an idiot, and he deserves everything he has coming to him, because he's a little shithead. Yes. So, so basically, in conclusion, fuck Chuck. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I'm on the I'm on the rest of the gang side. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> he is a chicken shit piece of garbage. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he deserves it. He deserves to have his bike stolen. Especially with that look that tiny ass little lock that he put on his bike that was basically oh, yeah. it was basically like a, a lock for uh, a gym locker. Right. Well, like, and, how is that and, gonna stop anybody? And if you're looking at like I don't even know what he was locking that to to keep it, it like, from getting stolen. It, it looked, looked like he was, he was putting just, the spokes. Yeah. Which doesn't make I, any sense because somebody could just take off the wheel and replace yeah. it with another wheel. Yeah. True. Good point. Or, <laughs> or, you know, cut the chain or something. Yeah. It's, yeah. I don't know. But, you know, one of the other funny parts I thought, uh, I was reading a review of this episode that I thought was kind of a funny point pointed out in this is that, you know, after they, the peer pressure kids come in and like push him or, or they talk about 
making fun of him for having his bike stolen or worrying about his bike being stolen. Um, Billy and Mentor come by in their creepy-ass Winnebago <laughs> and offer him a ride to the police yeah. station. So this would be an opportune time for a stranger danger moment, I would think. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> right, total missed opportunity. But Chuck's like, my name's Chuck, and I'm down to fuck. Exactly. So he gets in the van, and uh, I think he probably was a little disappointed. Yeah, yeah exactly he did, right. Yeah, he, he was disappointed that he didn't get the fist. <laughs> So you're right. I, I think um, I think Nate, this is your prime opportunity to teach your young daughter about stranger danger. You need to show her um, Shazam, of which knowing a child it will probably become her favorite thing, and she'll watch it 36 oh, times in a row. Yes, but you can teach her about the dangers of stranger danger. When you see a creepy old man in an RV pull up, don't get in there. Run yeah, like no. young Chuck did, run, and continue run, running run. for 20 more minutes. What kind of personal <laughs> hell would that be, Nate? If your daughter actually hooked onto the show oh and wanted God. to watch oh, all three seasons fuck. on loop. Dude, I'm I'm telling you, just seeing Chuck's face would terrify her. <laughs> you know what? Just 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 for you, I'm gonna send this uh, DVD set as a present to you and your young daughter for her birthday. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That'll that'll be wonderful. <laughs> I so, can't even believe they put it on DVD. <laughs> I know. It's not available for streaming outside the DC platform anywhere. Oh, um, Thank God. <laughs> the sacrifices I make for the show. Not only do I watch everything <laughs> twice, I also pay twenty five dollars for the DVD set. So I think it's also worth noting that obviously there's every one of these episodes uh, is going to be very formulaic in the fact, I'm assuming, because I doubt that this broke the mold and this is going to be the only one that goes this way, that Billy and Mentor are driving around, figure, gosh, we just can't quite do this. We need to call on this superhero power we know that you have to go ahead and wrap this thing up real quick, even though we could have probably done that in the beginning. And yeah. I just think it's really funny, the actual audio that goes around when Billy does transform into Shazam. Holy moly! They better be stopped before someone's hurt. Well, we'll never catch him in this, Billy. I'm afraid it's up to you and Captain Marvel. Well, get ready to follow me, Mentor. I may need some help. So I feel like every superhero show of that time, if they had a flying sequence, had to have that <laughs> noise in the back <laughs> yeah. when they're yeah. flying. Oh, and, and then the also, the scene of him in flight is hilarious. <laughs> oh yeah, and there's something about that music that kind of reminds me, like every like going back to the original Star Trek, where it's like, oh, like yeah. everything has to be like a big production number. Yeah. <laughs> whenever there's like an action scene going on in the '60s and '70s. You know, I think the flying was done better in the George Reeves Superman era in the 50s or 60s, whenever that was around. The, the flying was so bad, and the transformation was, you know, terrible, understandably. I understand we were not at the height of, you know, special effects in this era, but come on. And why, why would Captain Marvel possibly need the Winnebago mentor to help him with anything? <laughs> well, what, is, what purpose does mentor serve other than, than to, you know, lube up his fist? <laughs> Good point. But... Why, why, when he changes into Captain Marvel, is he a completely different human being? Well, that, that is actually, that, that kind of follows with the comics. So, okay. I, I mean, I, admittedly, he should have still, they, in the comics, Billy Batson and Captain Marvel Shazam have roughly the same appearance. It's just like an older, more brawny version. But it's not like he went from Pakistani to, you know, West Texas uh, white guy. Well, didn't he also yeah. in the comics have kind of a similar personality? He just looked like a big badass. Like it wasn't. He like, was, yeah, he like, was kind of goofy, right? Yeah, like this guy turns into like a very formal Captain Marvel once he transforms. Yeah. You know, I don't know. It's not quite like the comics for sure. I mean, yes, he's just supposed to be an exaggerated version of young Billy, right? But not changing races. <laughs> so, well, that too, which yeah. was which was strange. Um, and then Captain Marvel himself, I will say that I actually was surprised by the costume. I actually. I didn't think it was that bad, especially considering costumes of the time. And I still think it looks better than the most recent incarnation of the CW Flash costume, by the way. Well, which yeah. is garbage. That is true. Um, yeah, the suit wasn't too bad, but I thought the cape was terrible. Well, the cape, I the had little half cape. I've always hated that cape. I, I've always liked Captain Marvel as an aesthetic, and I've always liked the character because I was never much of a Superman fan. But I always liked the look of, of Shazam quite a bit. But I always hated that half cape. In the, in the, I think in the most recent version, he's got a long cape with a hood now. 
and not the little tiny half cape the, with the little floor, the flowers on the back of it. It was so yeah. It was Yeah. It looked like a tablecloth. Yeah. That or they like ripped it off the Price is Right set or something. Right. The Bob Barker era. <laughs> yeah. You know, that, that same decor, uh, basically. Um, I don't understand the purpose of Mentor. Like you said, he's got, we got this Winnebago, which announces their presence to the world because it has the Captain Marvel logo emblazoned on the front with a, like a piece of construction paper and scotch tape. Yeah. That's taped to the front. So everybody knows who they are and, and they're coming. Well, I I read a little bit of history on this. I guess this was supposed to be um and again, I'm not like a prolific reader of the comics, but that's he's kind of based on Uncle Billy on the comics. Um I don't know okay. if you know who that is, but I guess he's I don't. Uh, he's a prominent part of the Shazam comics. Um okay. but he doesn't seem to serve much purpose to me in this first episode and I won't I will never know if the other 27 he does, but <laughs> I, I would agree. Yes, he does not in this episode. Well, Nate's going to find out for us. Yeah, Nate's going to yeah. find out when he watches the rest of the episodes. Yeah, I don't understand the purpose of Mentor. I mean, he doesn't really do anything other than drive the RV and pontificate. Maybe Billy. Billy's not old enough to drive yet. Uh, yeah, that's my guess. He's not old enough to drive. But other than that, like, is he a magical figure himself? Um, is that why he's called Mentor? Is he an elder? Or is he a junior elder? Or <laughs> See, I don't understand. I, I guess there's I'm confused. No st- why, why would the elders, or why would, yeah, why would the gods just not be like, Billy, you just go work at uh, WKAP or wherever you're working, and WBAP, whatever. And then whenever we need you, we'll say, hey, yeah. there's some danger going on there because we're gods right. and we can see everything. Call up Captain Marvel, go take care of it. Or we could just take care of it because we're gods. Like, I don't really yeah. understand the point of having Billy and Mentor riding like, around in Winnebago yeah. looking for shit happening. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't, Zeus is like, Billy? All right, I'm going to put you in this RV with this old man, and you guys are just going to aimlessly driving around <laughs> looking for kids in trouble. <laughs> and you're going to pull them into your RV and take them <laughs> to <laughs> safety. Yeah. Hey, Billy, you want to go to the police station? You like gladiator movies? <laughs> exactly. exactly. It's, it's that. I don't know. I think it was that fascination in the 70s of, you know, this is the same era for all the trucker movies and Smokey and the Bandit. There was something in the American zeitgeist of the time that was kind of fascinated with road tripping, you know, whether it was yeah, in, gi- in, in giant vehicles, you know, cause uh, trucks there, were, um, that movie convoy, uh, you know what the song was based on Smokey the bandit also in trucks. We had uh, overdrive with Sylvester Stallone and arm wrestling while crossing the country. Um, you know, it's just that it was, I think it was just of that era. There was a road tripping culture. I'm surprised they didn't yeah. communicate with the actual gods through CB radio. <laughs> that, that would have been perfect and awesome. <laughs> that would have been um, great. Could, could the RV actually have been a uh, a monetary solution as to not have to build sets? Probably. Because you know they didn't they I mean, I don't know where they filmed this piece of crap, but it looked it was like to me it was like the epitome of the 1970s encapsulated in the background. It's like everything looked like it needed a rag taken to it. It was everything was covered in a, th- a thin film of grease, including yeah. the people. <laughs> it just looked dirty, smoggy. Oh, yeah. That restaurant or where, whatever that was that they were all hanging out at, I would not fucking eat anything. From <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it looked like generic California Hills or something. You know, where they was driving around, but yeah, I mean, it looked like modern day Detroit. It was so busted up. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, they were they they did not have permits to shoot. I almost <laughs> no. guarantee it was definitely a rogue shoot. <laughs> Especially the way they drove those cars, just busted ass out of the parking lot when Horshack uh, yeah. was driving. Oh yeah. Um, the, the, the other thing is why, so when Captain Marvel and, and mentor, sorry, Billy and mentor show up and try to entice, um, Chuck to come in their RV to the quote so unquote, to speak, police station, yeah. why does he run? Because it's not like they're saying, stop, we're taking you to the cops. He just sees them. Billy says, are you hurt? Do you need help? And he just bolts off and runs for the next 20 minutes of the show. Well, remember Chuck's a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> is this is just is this more part of his lack of intelligence? Is he just a, <laughs> just 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 a fucking pussy. idiot? Just he, anybody says anybody talks to him on the street, he runs, <laughs> <laughs> or he does whatever they say. You know, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. One, one or the other. If you make a chicken noise, he probably uh, called him a chicken. He probably would have stayed. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Kind of my, Challenge like his tiny somebody, manhood, then he'll come. Into, he'll come into your Winnebago. <laughs> Yeah, call, call him a chicken. He'll do whatever you want almost, but he still won't do it at the end. Right. He'll be like, oh, I'm not a chicken, but I'm still not going to do it. Yeah. Um, so the other thing, so they steal this car, and they 
<laughs> at some point, uh, Chuck, they're trying to get Chuck to get into the car, at which point he, um, when they see Captain Marvel coming, I think that's when they bolt with the car. Is that the first one, the red car, when they bolt? Or why, why do they leave the first time? They leave Chuck behind, remember? Because this is when the RV pulls up and then Chuck runs. I forget. Wait, the first one, don't they end up, Chuck won't get in or something, Maybe so that's they just leave. And then um, they almost run Chuck over. Oh, yeah. I do remember Yeah, that. somehow somehow they basically go in a circle while Chuck is running cross-country up a rickety ladder. And Billy's following the entire time. Rather than transform into Captain Marvel and, you know, use the speed of, of whoever, his godspeed, he just decides to run on regular, you know, non-powered foot sure. and rolls his ankle. And he chases them, at which point uh, Chuck falls off a roof or jumps off a roof. And Billy has to jump down and pull him because Horshack is barreling down the street full speed at him while Bucket Hat and Freddie Mercury Jr. are telling him to stop. Is Chuck, I think Horshack sped up at that point, trying to kill him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> which I can't say that I blame him, to be honest no. with you. No, I'd, I'd want to run Chuck over, too. That would have been a better <laughs> ending to the show, actually. Yeah. <laughs> would have been great. <laughs> and then Captain Marvel gets revenge and murders all the kids. Yeah. Okay, on a side note. Is there yeah. something really disconcerting about the the red shirt that Billy wears? Yes, it's another indicator that he's always announcing his presence of who he is. Yeah, it's just weird. It's just weird. Yeah, he he always wears a red shirt with. Uh, it's like a lower end version of his actual Captain Marvel outfit. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But I don't know. I just thought it was really creepy looking for some reason. No, it's weird. I agree. It it it's definitely it's just that low rent seventies look. You know, it looks like, like a, his mom his mom made it for him. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe mentor made it for him. <laughs> yeah. True. <laughs> Maybe that's what enticed him to get in the RV the first time. Maybe. <laughs> hey, Billy, got... you want this cool shirt? <laughs> I made it myself. <laughs> um, and then it's, yeah, so Chuck almost gets killed. He ends up getting back with his friends. Unfortunately, does Shake not Shack. get killed. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. At the malt shop. Um, I'm trying to, I think I'm getting things confused now. At some point, well, uh, And then Billy, 20 minutes after the first car theft. Yeah. Horshack wants to steal another car. That's right. Because he gets back with it because, oh, I know what it was. So at some point, Billy and Mentor uh, entice uh, John Denver Jr. to get into their thing. And they take him to a parking lot where it just so happens that the that Horshack, Bucket Hat, and Freddie Mercury Jr. are all hanging out in the parking lot waiting to steal another car. Yep. So Mentor, an- another indication that Mentor is a pedophile is he has the uncanny ability to find children wherever they are. <laughs> In his, in his magical RV, because he, ch- he he somehow chases Billy around at all times while Billy's running through the streets. He's able to follow him in an RV. Um, he chases John Denver Jr. Um, he finds these kids in, in the parking lot. I think that is his magical power. Is he, He's got pedophile power to chase them anywhere in the world. Maybe that's why he's a- there always able to find danger every week with kids. <laughs> he can smell a child up to 25 <laughs> miles away. Right. <laughs> exactly. Um. Yeah, so they they entice uh, they start to try to entice, entice Chuck again to steal another car. He gets called chicken again, at which point um, he he's, Chuck takes the keys from this car they're trying to steal. They wrestle him and then they shove him. Uh, Bucket Hat and Freddie Mercury Jr. shove him Goodfellas style between the two of them into the back of the car while Horshack takes the controls again. After they almost die, they almost killed Chuck and the kids in the back had almost died last time. They're now willing to get back in the car with Horshack. And, and then when they, when they when they push Chuck into the car, I thought that was the funniest moment of the show. I don't know if you guys caught it. You just hear Chuck go, "Ah, my head." <laughs> I think I missed that, but that is funny. It just fucking cracked me up. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, I guess because Horshack drives so wild ass. This is when we get our first Captain Marvel appearance. Well, Horshack immediately becomes like a stunt driver. Yes, <laughs> he barrels out of the parking lot like full speed. I think that was a, like a it, like you said. I think this was a rogue production because you could see people trying to get out of the way in the parking lot as he's yeah. barreling out. I don't. I don't think they were actors. I think they were just <laughs> just that was the parking lot. Yeah, the pe- patrons of the store. It's like a yeah. random Kroger, and they're just barreling through it. Yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. Um, and at this point, for some reason, um, mentor declares that he can no longer smell these children. I guess he can't detect them. They've, they've cloaked their children's smell. And he's oh, like, no, this they is- hit puberty <laughs> where they are. <laughs> One of them grew- gained a pube. Um, so he can't track them. So this is a job for Captain Marvel. So this is when we get the transformation and Billy transforms into Captain Marvel. And I will note that they only use this transformation sequence three times over the course of three seasons. They were that cheap, by the way. Wow. Yeah. Jesus. 
So I guess the rest of the time it was just like a, a, a smash cut to him changing to Captain Marvel already. Why didn't they just repeat the same change? Exactly. Why, yeah. Yes. I mean, they did that for He-Man. Yeah. There was always He-Man in front of Castle Grayskull every fucking time. <laughs> right. I would, I would assume in all 28 episodes of the show that Billy wore the same exact shirt. Yeah, oh, of course. Too. Absolutely. And you know, Mentor always had that safari jacket with the belt and a tan <laughs> turtleneck. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, which is another thing I hated about the 70s is other than the fact that everything looked greasy. Um, the, <laughs> the, the, the obsession with browns. Brown and, and like, orange. Everybody thought were cool colors. Like yeah. they, Everybody complains about the 80s, the 80s fashion. But the seventies is, you know, worse by twenty miles as far as fashion goes. Everybody thought everything should be brown and orange. At least and, the eighties were colorful, and like a puke yellow on yeah. top of that. Yeah, yeah. at and least that we had olive, that olive green. Yes, yeah. that olive green, that that army green. It was just disgusting. Nasty this shit show, carpet that just captured all that grease. Like yes, nasty <laughs> shag carpeting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That shag yeah. carpeting. Ugh, disgusting. It is. Every single person in this show is greasy, like and their underwear yes. too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they all needed a, a delousing, and they needed a bath. <laughs> Absolutely, with with lye soap, just enough. So <laughs> I uh, <laughs> got to take that top layer of skin right off. <laughs> right, high enough concentration to take off skin with a bristle brush as well. Um, so at this point, they see Captain Marvel chasing them somehow. Even though he is, I don't know, he's at the he's flying at the same level as an airplane. He's flying through a thunderhead somehow. And he has the weirdest look on his face. Yeah, the yes. whole time he's flying. Yes, he's bearing down um, like he's trying to achieve <laughs> the entire time. But somehow they know it's Captain Marvel following them, even though there's no way they could see him yeah. from where they were driving on the street. Um, and yeah, and he, the one that notices him is Horshack, who's driving like a maniac. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's turned around looking out the window going, hey, it's Captain Marvel. Well, he's the baby driver of the, uh, of the show, yeah. so he, he, has the ability yeah. to <laughs> he has the ability to do that. Um, they chase him into Junkyard. Which I feel like the 1970s were also um, obsessed with junkyards for some reason. Um, they had a heavily prevalence in. I know GI Joe later. There was you know there was like junkyard dog or the junkyard dog and wrestling. There was uh, there was a junkyard guy in GI Joe. I think it seems like there was an overabundance of junkyard. Uh, what uh, Heath- Heathcliff didn't that play? Th- yes, Heathcliff was in the junkyard. Yes. Oh yeah, good point. It's- some reason we were obsessed with junkyards. This is well before Captain Planet. Tell us we shouldn't have junkyards. <laughs> but but uh, these idiot kids um, decide to climb into a, a, a junkyard van. They, they abandon the car. Two feet away from the car they abandoned. <laughs> yes. And Captain Marvel lands and kind of is sniffing for the kids, does some fart acting, smell the fart acting. Yeah. And yeah. then I guess he like gives the, the van a, a little bit of a consideration, then he walks away and can't find them, even mm-hmm. though I'm assuming he has super hearing, and these kids are Did chattering any- the entire time. Okay, so did either of you guys think, okay, when they get into the junkyard and the kids go hide in the van, they show that shot from the crane overhead of the claw, mm-hmm. right? And then when Captain Marvel lands, he looks at the van weirdly and then walks away. Did either of you guys think that Captain Marvel was going to go get the, the claw thing and pick the car up himself? No, it didn't. Okay. That would have that been better production value. <laughs> that that would have been way more exciting. What, because they were they were really focusing on this claw, and yeah. he looks at the van, and you think obviously he knows they're there, and he walks away. I thought he was going to pick him up with the claw to like See, teach him a lesson. I don't think he knew they were there. I think he is also an idiot because <laughs> he has got he's got super hearing. They're talking the entire time, and he walks away from the van. It's only yeah. when they start screaming when the claw picks up the van and starts to crush it that he then realizes, oh, yeah, I'm a fucking idiot. Yeah, it is kind of weird. He can only hear like. Overt yelling. You can't hear like yeah. minor noises that you would think you would and, be able to. And watching this dude bumble around the junkyard looking at stuff is yeah. hilarious. <laughs> we should talk about a little bit more about Captain Marvel because, you know, not just the physical differences, it's the guy is just weird. He looks yeah. like um he looks like he belonged in a nineteen seventies Western rather than playing a superhero. He had like long sideburns. And he had that. Gr- I, I, th- I thought he would have been like the perfect uh, model for like Nazi propaganda. <laughs> I would say, look at Glenn Campbell to me. <laughs> he had that Glenn Campbell hair. That, that could be the same Homer. thing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Glenn Campbell Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then uh, I don't know if you guys saw that he gets replaced later, and the replacement doesn't look much better yeah. either. And actually, the replacement guy looks a little bit pudgier and a little more Adam West Batmany than he. Oh, really? I didn't see the. Re- I didn't see the replacement. It's it, his, his acting choices are weird too because he never fully opens his mouth. True, it's like his his jaw was wired shut and he mumbles the entire time. 
Do we? Do you have any of that audio of? Did you pull any of that of him talking, Captain Marvel? Well, we have the lessons learned at the end. If you want to hear that, that's all. Uh, Captain Marvel. Sure. It, if it includes Captain Marvel, let's play it that. It sure does. Hi. Today we proved how important it is to do what you think's right, and not let others con you into doing something dumb just by calling you names. Remember, it often takes more courage to do what's right than it does to go along with the crowd. See you next week. Remember, it takes more Was this like a uh, an after school show, or was this like a prime time? I think it was a Saturday show, right? Yeah, I think it was a Saturday show, show too. Okay. And, you know, that's another thing about the 70s. Obsessed with flute. A lot of flute action. <laughs> Jethro Tull. <laughs> yeah. They came to their yeah. prime, right? True, yeah. yeah. Nothing, nothing sexier than a flute. <laughs> yeah. I think Jethro Tull uh, and the show proved. Jethro Tull, yes. I did kind of like the end of the show where Captain Marvel's talking to him. I think it's Captain Marvel. And basically, it's like the cops are coming to arrest all four of the children. Yeah, what you called the cops? I don't know. <laughs> How did they even know anything was wrong? I guess because <laughs> they were like, the kids are like, what's going to happen to us? And Captain Marvel's like, I don't know. We'll have to let juvenile services figure it out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I saved your ass from being crushed, but that's as far as I go. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're lucky I'm not turning you over mentor in the RV. <laughs> right. Yeah. His bucket of lube. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, well, I just thought it was kind of funny. I got the impression that, you know, Chuck was going to get arrested too. Yeah. Well, he should have been for being an idiot. Yeah. Yeah. They should have all so, been arrested just for being idiots. Captain Marvel's like, look, guys, you can either get raped in prison or raped in my RV. What do you want? <laughs> yeah. And I won't let mentor use lube, his bucket of lube. <laughs> or raw dog in it. He'll just spit in his hand. That's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't really think Mentor goes that far. I'm not sure he's that gentle. He's only gentle as kissing. He's like, the only lube he uses is mustache wax. <laughs> or pre-ejaculate. Yeah. <laughs> God, how much pre-ejaculate does he have? <laughs> he, he will just mushroom stamp you until you're ready to be entered. Oh, oh Michael Jackson-level humor. It's great. Oh, yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, any other thoughts about uh, this first episode of Captain Marvel before we move on to fun facts? It was absolutely terrible. And you regret, I'm assuming you enjoyed every minute of it, right? God, it was like, like I, I, I can get into some like bad movies, bad TV shows, like um, that are so bad they're good. Yeah. This was this was just bad, bad. This was like boring, bad. Yes. Yeah. Like sh- I mean, yeah, there were a couple kind of funny parts, but not enough to like. Not enough to stick through 27 more episodes. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure that it was better. I, I think it's still better than My Mother the Car. I but know. It's, it's pretty it's close. It's down there. Pretty close. So My Mother uh, the Car had maybe more moments that were over-the-top stupid funny. But this yeah. didn't even have a lot of that. Like Nate said, it's mostly just boring. Yeah, like, that's oh, true. Yeah, that happened. That's about <laughs> it. That's my feeling for most of the episode. Yeah. In conclusion, it's terrible. No surprise. Yeah. All right. Really well, I, yep. after this, uh, we'll, we will uncover as many fun facts as we can about this terrible, terrible show. DC. Action. Astonishing. Astonishing. Adventure. Adventure. The coolest heroes. Heroes. The hottest heroines. Heroines. And the most outrageous villains. In the universe. These ain't your daddy's comic books, fanboy. DC Comics. Comics on Parade. Visit us at our temporary location, 11 West Korea. You can make them fly or jump or crash your wall. Superhero action figures over seven inches tall. Each sold separately. Superman, Batman, Incredible Hulk. You can make them do their thing. Even make Spider-Man slide down a string. Lots of action for one and all. Action figures over seven inches tall. These superhero action figures each sold separately. Batman, Superman, Incredible Hulk, and Spider-Man each sold separately by Mego. This week on Wonder Woman, a mad scientist plots to turn the entire Earth into a volcano. 
Linville Bixby stars as David Banner, tormented to transform into the Incredible Hulk as evil scientists plot to use him in aggression experiments. The Incredible Hulk following Wonder Woman, starting Friday at 8, 7 Central and Mountain. Friday on CBS. All right, well, let's get to everybody's favorite segment. That is the Fun Facts, and we're here to talk about Shazam again. And I'm surprised there's not more. Again, it's like, for all these shows, I feel like they're... Most of these shows we do, they're high school USA aside. Sure. They've got some level of infamy, so you'd think there would be a lot more in the background of these shows, but there's not often a ton to these shows. Um, I feel like I've known about Shazam for a long time, but the fact that it was he drove around in an RV, like I felt like I, I've in the, ice, the Shazam Isis Hour, I just expected there to be more, you know, facts out there about the about the show, but there's not much. There's really not much at all. Yeah. Um, IMDb gave this a 7.0 out of 10. Um, once Jesus again, Jesus Christ, <laughs> way too high. How, way too high. Fuck? Yeah, it's way skewed. IMDb is almost always completely out of whack um, with uh, anybody who has. Any amount of intelligence. Um, TV.com gives it a 7.0 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 40% um, out of 100, which I think is probably a lot closer to where it should be. Yeah. Maybe uh, a little Amazon still, still seems high. Yeah. Amazon gave it a 4.6 out of 5. Yep. Which is insane. And then Google, 93% of people like the show. Yeah. God damn. There's no way. <laughs> the, human ra- the human race is doomed. Yes. If this is this highly rated, yeah, I don't know what to do. Yeah. Um, so the ba- you know we talked a little bit about the background of originally this was a Superman analog started by um, Fawcett Comics back in the forties, and basically this ended up because of DC turned around and sued um, Fawcett Comics that stopped the production of the character for a long time. Um, eventually, DC ended up acquiring Fawcett, and uh, they incorporated Captain Marvel and Shazam into their universe, and so. Um, I, at some point there have always been multiple Captain Marvels. There's, you know, there's a uh, Captain Marvel junior, there's a female Captain Marvel, then there's Captain Marvel himself. Um, there, there's a talking tiger character. There's, you know, there's, there's a bunch of kind of, I don't know, cheesier stuff that DC brought over and kept, which I admittedly kind of enjoy some of the cheesier stuff. Sure. Sometimes. Um, sometimes. Um, and it was always played a little more silly than Superman ever was. I think, you know, um, Captain Marvel, and I think you'll probably see this in the upcoming Shazam movie, the one that's you know, coming out when this episode comes out, is a little more lighthearted than Superman was, and I think that's kind of where it deserves to be. And, you know, kind of piggyback what you said before, um, well, for me, I don't know if you agree, but DC has always been my favorite out of DC and Marvel, personally, and yeah. but Superman is always my least favorite character out of any of them. Like, I think Superman's really boring and bland, and I mean, right, yeah. there's one thing that can ever beat him, basically. I mean, I know they tricked that up a little bit, but, I mean, he basically has kryptonite or nothing. And I, I always find most other characters to be much more entertaining than I do Superman. I agree. Yeah, Superman, Superman I always found kind of boring because he really had no weaknesses. Right. And he could yeah. do everything. Yeah. Yeah, he's faster than Flash. He's stronger than anybody. Like, he's, like he can beat everybody else, almost. Or he's at least he's competitive with Flash. I have to say Flash is technically faster. But, I mean, he's, like, close. He has at least a power of everybody else that you've put right. in the universe. And it's just kind of annoying. Right. Yeah, which is which is why I always liked... There was... I forget. I think it was the Kingdom Come series or something that DC put out where Shazam and Superman end up fighting. And because one of Superman's vulnerabilities is magic, other than Kryptonite, his only other vulnerability is magic, and... Um, Shazam is magic based I think he was able to hurt Superman by calling down the Shazam lightning and it's like magical lightning so it ended up like kicking Superman's ass which I thought was awesome <laughs> and he, um, he also called him a chicken yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> called him a chicken got him in that Winnebago um, and it was over yeah that's right that's right hopefully there's a Winnebago in the, the uh, Shazam movie <laughs> fingers crossed he kicked Superman's <laughs> ass and said now it's time for the Winnebago and Mentor <laughs> yeah um <laughs> Yeah, so uh, Shazam the Wizard is not mentioned in the show at all. It's just the elders. Um, in the comics, it is the Wizard Shazam, who is one of the elder entities of the universe, gives Billy Batson the power of when he screams his name, Shazam, um, he is able to uh, transform his appearance and um, get these powers. So that's never mentioned in the show, which is surprising. It seemed like they could have gone even cheaper that way by not having to animate the uh the, the elders and use multiple voices they could have just used one old guy with a long beard right 
and just have him show up every week. So that was a weird choice. They could have also saved money by not having um, two different actors play the same character. Mm. True, but Billy Batson was always a kid in the comics. Um, he was always a kid or a teenager that transformed it into an adult. Oh, okay. So yeah. that's why they kind of stuck with that. Yeah. Uh, so... This wasn't the first uh, stab at putting Captain Marvel to film. Uh, there was also a 1941 serial uh, movie serial called The Adventures of Captain Marvel for Republic Pictures. And he, as Dustin noted here, that made him the first superhero on the film screen, right? Yeah, that's correct. And that, the, the funny thing about that is, I didn't put the details in here, but they said that this one really departed from the Captain Marvel comics and that apparently in this 1941 serial, he just kills everybody all the time. Awesome. So Sweet. Nice. <laughs> that might've actually made the seventies one a little bit better. Just let yeah. those kids get crushed in the car. And that's why you don't <laughs> steal cars. And so I don't know. I think it could have been funnier. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, we should note that there were two Captain Marvels. There was Jason Boswick or ja- Jackson Boswick in the first two seasons. That's the mush mouth we have in this one. And then John Davy for the third, um, this p- apparently happened because uh, Bostwick had a stunt accident because he insisted on doing all of his own stunts, or they were so cheap that he didn't give him a stuntman. Right. Either way, he was injured on set one day, and he was told to go home to recuperate, but then the producers thought he was holding out for contract money during season two. Um, so they ended up firing him, and uh, they replaced him with John Davy. and John Davy was explicitly told that he was replacing Bostwick because Bostwick was, was holding out for more money. Um, Bostwick ended up turning around and suing the suing filmation um, for that and was able to get uh, pay for all three seasons in the role as well as back pay. Yep. That um, story was actually more interesting than this show. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I totally agree. Um, the, uh, so Shazam was filmed in Los Angeles. Um, they filmed in the Valley. Of course, we're, you know, all porn is filmed as well. And every episode took two and a half days to film, which again, I was surprised by. This thing looked like it maybe took eight hours to film. <laughs> it maybe took yeah. two hours to film. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I mean, I could see it. You have to set up shots. You no, I know. Set I know. Up, yeah. You know, got to set up audio equipment. Um, I guess you have to stage the stunts such as they were. So I, I could see that, but not two days. It seemed like you could have easily rolled, knocked one of these out in, in a day. Absolutely. You'd think. Uh, tops. Uh, let's see. Um, and as we noted, there, this did end up resulting in a spinoff called The uh, Secrets of Isis, which I think was, we'll do sometime, I think it was about an archaeologist that transforms into a lady god, or has the gods of, a, or has the powers of, of Egyptian gods or it's something like that. It's actually a teacher. Oh. It's a teacher. Is it a teacher? Yeah. Okay, I thought it was an archaeologist. Yeah. So which they also has said. has nothing to do with terrorism. <laughs> no, right, yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Not, not that yeah. Isis, yeah. Yeah, I was no, reading about it, and they said that that one actually made a lot more sense. The same review that was talking about the creepy... Uh, the creepy luring the kids in the Winnebago. They said, well, it makes more sense on the ISIS side because she's a teacher that talks to kids and it makes more sense for the kids to trust her to actually right. be taught lessons. Uh, and it's a lot <laughs> less creepy. So, yeah. <laughs> Not an old pedophile, radio star pedophile exactly. traveling America, the highways and byways to bless kids and teach lessons. Yep. Uh, let's see. They It did have, like we said, it had a three-season run, but it did go in heavy reruns um, during 1980. And actually, Nickelodeon and Nick Knight picked it up at one point. Um, and TV Land, um, even into the uh, 2000s. Um, and uh, Yeah, I know. And 2004 was the last time it aired on broadcast TV. And now you can, as we said, you can uh, either buy it for $25 as a DVD set, as I did, <laughs> or you can uh, fire up your DC Universe subscription and uh, access it that way. It seems like the way to go. Yeah. And one other interesting note um, is Mark Harmon was originally in the run to play uh, Captain Marvel at one point, which I cannot imagine Mark Harmon being Captain Marvel. <laughs> he'd be less. He'd have less mus- uh, mush mouth, I guess. But yeah, and less muscle mass as well, though. Well, okay. But you know, that wasn't a thing much in the sixties and seventies. I mean, again, look at Adam West with his paunch as Batman. I mean, come on, true. <laughs> they didn't care much. I think Barry Bostwick did it. Barry Bostwick, uh, Jackson Bostwick. <laughs> uh, I think he did a pretty good approximation of, you know, given the time, the, the lack of muscle structure of the time. Right. Um, as far as being as close to a bodybuilder as you're going to get at that time, I guess. He's very 70s bodybuildery. Uh, bodybuildery. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All the strong guys of the time, Captain Kirk, Adam West, they all had those paunches, those thick torsos. <laughs> True. Thick, greasy torsos. <laughs> they all just look like a dad who can kick your ass. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> Ass-kicking dad bod. Yeah, that's what they were going for. Yeah. 
So, um, much like uh, most of the shows we do, um, it seems like a curse hangs over the cast after they leave these shows. Um, Michael Gray, who played uh, Billy Batson, the Pakistani Billy Batson, um, he showed up on a couple of shows, one called The Brian Keith Show. Um, Which I also never heard of. Here. Yeah. Never heard of that as a spare named Ronnie. Um, <laughs> he was in one episode of The Brady Bunch, and he did. He actually appeared on Archer most recently, did a two-episode stint as himself, which is kind of awesome. Um a fun fact about him is he actually used to own a florist shop in West Hollywood, but the store closed in the mid two thousands. That's very that's fun. The only that's the only fun fact about him. Uh, Les Tremaine, who was played the uh, creepy mentor, he was a radio star, and um, he used to appear weekly in I think there were three, four shows that ran simultaneously that featured him as a radio. star. He was a big deal in the radio star world. Yeah, um, he was. He was one of the top three noted voices of the time. He was the most recognized voice alongside Bing Crosby and uh, FDR, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, He was in films uh, like North by Northwest and War of the Worlds, and he uh, went on, well, I guess before this, he uh, did appearances in the Andy Griffith Show and General Hospital. He was married four times. Um, I think his last marriage was in his late 70s. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, he died of heart failure at 90 in 2003. Didn't really have much of a career after Shazam. Really the only one that did anything, though. The only one that had a notable career yeah. in this whole series. You're telling me Chuck didn't do anything? <laughs> <laughs> we don't have any information on uh, Chuck and Bucket Hat. And, uh, Jackson Boswick, um, not much about him. Uh, he, used to, he was a, a contestant on Dating Game at one point. He had minor roles in a horror film called The Prey and My Science Project, which uh, are apparently low-rent 80s movies. Um, he actually wrote a book about his quote-unquote career um, <laughs> called Myth, Magic, and Immortal. Um, and fun fact about Bostwick is he met his first wife um, when he was a judge at a beauty pageant. So I guess he pulled a Donald Trump and uh, went to the dressing room, grabbed her by the pee, made her his wife. Um, like, she, hey, you, you want to you come out to my RV? Exactly. <laughs> I, got some lube, I got some lube and a creepy old guy if you want to. <laughs> yeah, he's still traveling with he's, he's living in that RV today. <laughs> Um, and I will note that at the time, his wife was 17 and he was 32. That was not a, not a problem at the time. It was not. Living, but it, living the dream. That's right. <laughs> Their marriage lasted one year from 1980 to 1981. <laughs> hey, the span it's of his like career, you're too, basically. You're too old. Yeah. You're too old now. 18, too old. <laughs> You've had your first period now. <laughs> um, John Davey, uh, we didn't see him in the show, but he was the season two three, and three Captain Marvel. Um, he didn't do much either. He made uh, guest appearances on Rockford Files, Barnaby Jones, and MacGyver. And did a bunch of TV movies. So seems like he was more successful than Michael Gray or Jackson Boswick, though. Yeah. Um, quote unquote successful. As, yeah. Um, we always like to look at facts, TV fun facts for the year in which these shows came out. In this case, 1974. Um, there was a controversial TV movie uh, starring Linda Blair called Born Innocent on NBC, um, where a 14 year old girl is sent, which is ostensibly a boarding school. They call it a women's prison. Um, it was like a reform school, but apparently there was uh, an all-female rape scene in the movie, the first that was ever seen on American TV, and there was such so many complaints about it, I guess to the FCC or to NBC, that after any re-airings, they pulled out the rape scene. Um, apparently, I guess she was. this resulted in an actual rape, supposedly inspired by the movie, where some girls uh, assaulted an eight-year-old with a Coke bottle because of this movie, supposedly. Very indeed. That's not good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was, uh, while you were talking there, I looked up uh, Chuck. Yeah. Chuck was actually in quite a bit of things. Oh, really? Actually, more or less prior to this. Um, he was on The Monkees. Wow. Uh, the Virginian, that old uh, country, or... Um, Western. Western. He was on Gunsmoke, Green Acres, I Dream of Genie. Uh, wow. Did a lot for... He wasn't that old in this one. He's probably, what, 13? Yeah. Bonanza, The Waltons, Brady Bunch... What did he do after this? Anything? Uh, he looks like he was on uh, Kung Fu, uh, probably for an episode, and then some other TV show called The Quest. But uh, that was kind of the end of his run. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, he was actually in. He must have been a, a you know fairly used like child actor for yeah. quite a while. I'm sure, he was passed around the uh, the back rooms oh, of Hollywood yeah. to get yeah. those roles. Yep, he was having a lot of fun on the casting couch. Oh, yeah, yeah. His butthole's pretty wide today. <laughs> Bag of leaves, Chuck. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, also, in 1974, Lucille Ball's career, well, not career, but her television reign ended when um, 
She'd been on TV for 23 consecutive years when uh, Here's Lucy is canceled. Uh, the Dean Martin Show ends after 264 episodes. Um, he then spun that off into the Dean Martin Celebrity Roast, which ran for another 10 years. Uh, Richard Nixon announced his resignation on live TV. Uh, Tom Baker, who was one of the uh, doctors in the Doctor Who series, became the fourth doctor. Uh, profanity was used for the first time in American daytime TV when in the show Love of Life, which is a soap opera, 2D Wiggins calls her son, who is played by Christopher Reeve, a bastard. And... <laughs> Uh, lastly, Monty Python's Flying Circus uh, first came to America courtesy of KERATV here in Dallas, and it's first shown um, in Dallas, on, which is our PBS, basically. Um, aired at 10 p.m. on a Saturday, I think. And what's when it's made its American debut because of nice. PBS. Um, shows premiering in 1974, Happy Days, Good Times, Planet of the Apes, uh, which I hope we get. I hope we can find a copy of Planet of the Apes someday to do that. Uh, that was a CBS production based on the movie, of course. I bet we can find um, it. Born Free, The Cowboys, um, which was based on the movie, right? The Cowboys movie with John That Lane. is correct, yeah. Yeah. As noted here, um, the theme was provided by the Abilene High School Marching Band. <laughs> we had to play which that is, when we were in high school, so yeah, I had to, yeah. I had to note that. Great theme song, by the way. Yeah. Not necessarily played by our band, but it was a great theme song. Yeah, true. Um, shows ending in 1974, The Brady Bunch, The Partridge Family, The Star Trek Animated Series, The Newlywed Game, and The New Dick Van Dyke Show. I didn't even know there was a new Dick Van Dyke Show. Yeah, there was a color one in the 70s. It's not really worth watching. I tried a couple episodes, and it's kind of more like a serious drama. It's not a comedy oh. like the old one. Pretty terrible. It's like when they went from um, to Lou Grant, and it went from comedy from Mary Todd Moore to be a comedy, and it became Yeah, a, it wasn't quite as serious as that supposedly is. I mean, there's a couple jokes, but it was not the comedy that the original Black and White was. Hmm. Hence why you didn't know it existed. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, well, anybody have any final thoughts on Shazam? Don't watch it. <laughs> I concur. God, it, it's it's just it's bad, like bad. It's really like bad. bad, bad. Yeah, it's it's not fun. Bad. It's just bad, bad. I agree. Like I, I feel like even people in 1974 should have been insulted <laughs> at the like. I mean, the, how? I I just it, it amazes me how something like this gets written, and they're like, you know what? Hell yeah. We're going to put lots of money in this and put it on TV. Well, it's there was so much coke blowing money to go around. I think they, you know, I guess so. Maybe it was a maybe it's a money laundering operation or something. Maybe that's where all the seventy thousand per episode went to. It was a money well, laundering operation for the mob. I also want to note something in the fun facts of the wrongful termination of the original yeah. Shazam. Um, this just shows why they dumped shit like this on the public because the producers actually came to Boswick and told him. Well, we can kick you off the show because kids aren't even going to notice that it's a different actor in your role anyway. And apparently they got a lot of feedback from kids saying, where the hell's the original Shazam? So he was like, yeah, they will know. And So producers obviously thought the populace were a bunch of morons. Yeah. Kids are dumb. They're just not that dumb. Yeah, exactly. They're all about the, even. I think even Chuck could have known that it was a different actor. <laughs> look, how, look how fucking stupid Chuck was. <laughs> if somebody would okay. have known, it would have been Chuck, but yeah. Um, so would you like to see Shazam the TV series remade? Ugh, no. <laughs> I mean, we know that obviously the movie is, is out, but uh, if it were to get remade as a TV series. Well, I mean, when you say remade, does it, does it have to have any of the same basic tenets that this does? Because uh, I guess not. If you wipe it clean and just have a Shazam like animated series, it might be fine. Or even a real life like CW style show might be fine. But they have yeah. to wipe the Winnebago, the the molester Winnebago out. They got to have yeah. wipe the weekly GI Joe style lessons out. Like if it have a little more action, have a little more actual Captain Marvel or Shazam. I guess they're calling them Shazam now. Uh, have yeah. more of that. Um, yeah, if you totally revamp and just take the premise of the character and make a show, it could work. But you cannot recreate this garbage at <laughs> no. all. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. This this is gar- this is garbage. I would never want to see ever again. Unless if they keep the same premise, but play up the fact that these guys are like child molesters. Yes, <laughs> they sure take it a dark turn. That'll be a hit hit show. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Mark you. All right. Uh, no, it, yeah, I, I don't want to see it in like if it had to adhere to the the current uh, or this incarnation. No. I mean, it'd be kind of funny if there was a Winnebago that made its appearance or a, a mentor character. I think that'd be funny. But I mean, if you want to do a shout out and throw it in there for a second, okay. But yeah, it can't be the focus, right? Yeah, I, I agree. It's just it just uh, can't sustain. But you know, people didn't have the internet and free porn back in the seventies to watch, so they had three channels with which to deal. 
And so, you know, limited intelligence of the 70s and, you know, the limited aesthetic, it was all they had to entertain themselves and uh, they had no choice in the matter. It was either that or go outside and play with sticks or whatever. <laughs> Wallow in the grease that was the 70s. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, Dustin, we know you want to promote your Twitter account, WS9775. Um, Nate, uh, why don't you tell us about Cult of Personality? Uh, I do a radio show on Radio Diabolus. It's, uh, you can uh, listen at radio-diabolus.eu. It's a uh, European-based uh, internet radio station. Um, I'm on every Friday night, 8 p.m. Eastern time um, uh, on Radio Diabolus. We, uh, just, basically, every week I put together a two-hour mixtape of the shit I'm into, uh, a lot of death metal, black metal, grindcore. If you're into that, check it out. Tori Amos. Um, Tori Amos, yep. Uh, <laughs> she, she did do a uh, Slayer cover at one point. Really? <laughs> yeah, she covered Raining Blood. I heard, a de- I heard a death metal version this week of Garth Brooks's Friends in Low Places. It was on the iTunes or the Apple Music uh, new, like, new music playlist or whatever. No shit. I'll have it to was, look it up. I have not it, heard of it. It was fucking terrible. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, you can also, if you want, follow the show on Facebook. Uh, it's at Call of Personality, KVL, KVLT of right. Personality. I don't update it as much as I should, but uh, you can find me there. Okay. Um, all right. Well, that uh, I guess that wraps it up for another week. I've got nothing to promote, as usual, other than this show. Um, we'll <laughs> catch you guys next week for another very special episode of The Pilot Project. Pilot Project is produced by Mark Hudson and Dustin Taylor. We have new episodes every Friday. Email us at pilotprojectpod at gmail.com or find us on social channels as at pilotprojectpod. Links to subscribe to this show for free and links to the TV shows we watch can be found in this episode's show notes or on our website at pilotprojectpod.com. Thank you for tuning into the Pilot Project. I'm loving this show. We hope you enjoyed the show. See you next episode.